Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to House of Cards. Today, the game is different. I want to gamble. Gambling is a very serious business. Is that clear? Welcome to House of Cards. This is Dave Weishaddle, deep from the swamps of Jersey. We have an amazing show coming up. Look, if you want to know about casinos and the gaming business, you go to one guy, and that guy is Gary Green. Gary has been a folk singer, a civil rights and union activist, a casino executive, an author, a TV producer, and he was even vice president in the Trump Casino Organization. We'll be talking about the gaming industry and Gary's new book, Osceola's Revenge, The Phenomena of Indian Gaming, and his new television series, Casino Rescue. Gary's a very interesting guy who knows everything there is to know about the casino business. Then, if we have time, we'll do a mailbag where we get to answer your questions. So stick around. House of Cards will be right back after this break. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Written by the leading experts in the gambling industry, all you'll need is one visit to usbets.com, and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them, in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, BABE16, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code BABE16. Again, that's BABE16. Because without it, no free stuff. That's BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Hey, it's Dave from House of Cards. Do you wake up with a sore neck or a bad back? Or maybe you just had an awful night's sleep? Maybe it's the bed, right? Well, maybe it's not your bed. Maybe it's your pillow. That's why I use my pillow. I sleep great at night and wake up pain-free. And now there's a great deal being offered by the folks at MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio 4-Pack Special tab, and use promo code CARDS or call 1-800-319-7913. That's 1-800-319-7913 to take advantage of this four-pack special. You'll get two MyPillow Premium Pillows and two Go Anywhere Pillows, all for one low price when you check out with our promo code CARDS. You've heard the commercials about the 60-day money-back guarantee, 10-year warranty, and its patented interlocking fill. But really, get MyPillow because you deserve a restful, deep, comfortable, and healing sleep. That's the radio four-pack special at MyPillow.com or call 800-319-7913 and use promo code CARDS. Better sleep starts with MyPillow. You're listening to the House of Cards. Knife. Knife. Not thrilling, but knife. Welcome back to House of Cards. You know, the term Renaissance man is thrown around a lot, but for our next returning guest, this term really does apply. Gary Green has been a folk singer, a casino executive, a civil rights and union organizer and author. Now he's getting into TV and lucky for us, he's on the phone right now. Gary Green, thanks for joining us. 
Thank you, and you're very kind. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, given this diverse background, how did you become involved in the casino world? You know, it, it's funny. I, I really started as a child. My father, when he was 16 years old, ran away from home to join a traveling carnival. I'm not kidding. Wow. And what he, what he did at the carnival is in the back room, I guess if tents have rooms, in the back of the tent anyway, he was a blackjack dealer at 16 years old. So when we were growing up, he told us all of, I'm the oldest of three boys, he told us all the important things a young man should know in life. Never burn a face guard. Uh, <clears throat> never, never split split face card, or excuse me, never split low payers. Uh, you know, important important yeah. things in life that yeah, every life kid lessons. needs to know. <laughs> life right. lessons, so, yes. So, so it was a natural. Uh, it was it was absolutely natural for me to to move in that direction. And I was uh, I was traveling as a musician. I was doing a gig in Baltimore in the late seventies, and Atlantic City opened up. And I'd been thinking about going to Atlantic City. Then I saw this piece on 60 Minutes um, where a guy had, uh, Ken Houston, in fact, who had been a Wall Street uh, who'd been a Wall Street broker, had quit his job on Wall Street and become a professional card counter. And I was scratching my head going, what the heck is a card counter? And I watched this piece on 60 Minutes, and I went, well, shoot, I can do that. And uh, I paid $20, hopped on a bus, went to Atlantic City. Uh, the only place it was open was resorts, and I fell in love. And I, I made a living for a while as a card counter till they caught me. And uh, and, and rather <laughs> they're, than they're really good at that, <laughs> they're really good at <laughs> catching people. They they, they really are. Yeah. And uh, rather than take me in a back room and do something movie like to me, like break my legs or something, or my hands, uh, they offered me a job. So, so I, <laughs> wow, boy, <laughs> yeah. So you know it's very cool. So I've I have uh, I, I've been in love with it since and before. So I guess that was what seventy nine, seventy eight, long time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, speaking of Atlantic City now, and speaking of carnivals, you've worked with Donald, now President Trump. What was your role in the Trump Organization? <laughs> you like that segue? I Boy, you gave me like... an excellent segue for that one. <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, I was vice president of marketing and player development. Uh, my my primary focus, though I was in AC quite a bit, my primary focus was his uh, his one foray into Indian gaming uh, out in California, out in Palm Springs. Actually, outside of Palm Springs, in a little town that no one had heard of it at that time, but everyone knows today, Coachella before the Rock Festival. Sure. So we were we uh, we operated the property in Coachella. And uh, I spent most of my time there, though I spent a lot of time back on the East Coast, and also we had a property up in Gary, Indiana. So uh, i, I got to ask you now, everyone's curious, what was it like to work with Donald Trump? You know, at the time that I worked for Trump, uh, it was the first, during the beginning of The Apprentice, the first season of The Apprentice, and then going into the second, third season of The Apprentice. And he was so focused on the brand that working for Donald Trump was like working for a, a figurehead. You know, my my real boss was uh, was Mark Brown, who was the CEO of of uh, Trump Hotels and Casinos at the time. When Trump would come to town, uh, you know, the the worst thing he ever said to me, or the most strict thing he ever said to me, is he looked at a group of light bulbs and he said, "I think you could uh, save a little money if you went down on the wattage on these." And uh, other than that, everything we did with Trump, and this shouldn't surprise anyone today, everything we did was choreographed for show. Um, it, it, it was all about being a showman. And, and, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, I learned a lot from him. I really did. Uh, you know, it, whatever, else, whatever else Donald Trump is, he is a master showman. Well, yeah, he certainly, I mean, being from New Jersey, I'm familiar with the Trump brand of casinos, and it seems like he left Atlantic City just in time. Uh, you know, when you're working in the casinos, what do you think were some of the challenges that faced the Trump organization in Atlantic City? You, you know, I, that, that's one of those great openings there, because I think the, the challenges that faced the Trump organization were the challenges that, that faced all of Atlantic City. And this has been a soapbox that I've hopped on for five or six years now since the real decline in Atlantic City. And that is, 
I, I believe in Atlantic City today. I've always believed in Atlantic City. I believe in that market. If you look at the main metric that I use when I evaluate a casino, which is slot machine, win per unit per day, Atlantic City has consistently and, and is today among the top ten jurisdictions in the United States of win per unit per day. It's actually number three in win per unit per day in some months in Atlantic City. And and that's where the, the, the guts of a casino operation is. So you have to say then, okay, so why did Donald Trump fail? Why did these other properties fail there? Why did these properties close? 100% of the times, and, and the, the most ridiculous one is the revel, but 100% of the times it was bad finance deals. If you go in and you look at what those finance deals were, let's go back to slot metrics. If the revel had been so successful that their win per unit per day had been the same as the Borgata, which is, which is of course, the best in Atlantic City as far as win, it would have taken 47 years to pay off the principal on that loan. <laughs> I mean, come on. A hundred percent of the financing of, of the issues in Atlantic City have been finance deals. If those if those casinos had been financed at reasonable metrics, they would be they would be among the most successful casinos in the in the country. Hold that thought and we'll be right back with more House of Cards right after this quick break. happier. Her fur is so much shinier, silkier, softer. She has really mellowed a lot. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life. The shedding has stopped. The itching has stopped. Since 2001, we've helped more than a quarter million dogs get over their nutritional deficiency miseries. And saved our customers bazillions in vet bills. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. Dynavite for life. Don't let your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy. Come to Dynavite for help. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Some houses are born bad. You're listening to the House of Cards. I never dreamed that any mere physical experience could be so stimulating. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you here. For those of you just joining us, we're talking with author, TV producer, folk singer, and all-around casino expert, Gary Green. Go ahead, Gary. Sorry, I cut you off there. Uh, Donald Trump's issues, all, all three bankruptcies, every problem that he had was related to the financing structure with his bondholders. And, you know, I think that uh, along those lines, I think Jim Allen's return, Jim Allen's CEO of the Seminole Tribe of Florida, and used to be uh, a CEO for Trump, I I think Jim Allen's return to Atlantic City is... uh, is going to be phenomenal. I think. Uh, I think when the Seminole take control of the Taj, yeah, yeah. I I think we'll start to see. Uh, I think we'll start to see the Renaissance of Atlantic City. We're seeing it already. The the Seminole have have bought the Taj. Uh, the old uh, the original Steve Wynn property, the old Golden Nugget, not the new one, but that later became the Hilton and then became the uh, uh, ACH. I understand that was recently purchased, even though. Even though there's now a deed covenant that won't allow a casino there, there's still a renaissance going on. I understand yeah. there's going to be a huge water park yeah, up and, there. Yeah, an so. indoor water park. So uh, yeah, that's be interesting to see. <laughs> Someone you know, might tell them there's a beach right across the street. So I don't. I don't. <laughs> you know those those the uh, Trump tried a few years ago to put an amusement park indoors. They didn't go the water park route, but they tried to put an indoor amusement park. That didn't work so well either. But uh, you know. 
but there is a renaissance in Atlantic City, and, and if and if these people can go in there and, and pay for these things or finance these things with reasonable multiples, there's a fortune to be made in Atlantic City. I love that market. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's always been a destination. I mean, my dad went there growing up in Jersey for different reasons. He saw the diving horse and the diving bell in, in the Atlantic. So uh, people have been going there for 100 years. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. I'm so glad you mentioned the diving horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trent, and, and, and here's why. Here's I used to own... In, in the many crazy things in my background, I used to own a circus in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I was co-owner of the circus. And my partner in that circus, Bob Maxwell, uh, was the last person to ride the diving horse off really? the steel pier. Wow. He, for years, he, he, he took that diving horse. And his wife was the female rider of the, of the diving horse off of the steel pier. So, so I've had that AC connection for a wow. long time. You know, they just reopened the steel pier about two years ago, so it's a big attraction there. But they're not having the diving horse or the diving bell and everything like that. But I, I want to get – I know your expertise in casino business has allowed you to branch out in the forms of TV and books. And uh, I, re I really want to get into Casino Rescue. Um, but what is Casino Rescue? We have a television series that is going to begin on uh, – I'm, I'm not allowed to talk okay. about the network because they're going to announce it, but I'll tell you it's one of the four broadcast networks. It's not a cable show. And it's a uh, it's similar to the formula that you've seen with Bar Rescue or Restaurant Impossible or Hotel Impossible. But what we do that's a little bit – obviously it's in the casino world. But what we do that's a little bit different – uh, you know, when you watch uh, when you watch Bar Rescue or uh, or Restaurant Impossible, part of the format of those shows is is they go in and they meet with management, and basically they make management look like a bunch of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and in some and in some cases they are, but but our format is a little bit different. What we do is we go in and we work with management, and we make management look like the smartest guys on the block because they were smart enough to know they had problems, and so they brought in a team. And, and basically what our team does, and we've put together just a, an incredible team that is, is tailored to specific areas and specific problems in, in casinos. But basically what we go in is it, we go in and we put in our management philosophy, our management style, what's been successful for us for, I guess, what, three, three and a half decades now. And uh, we, we do a turnaround of, uh, of troubled casinos. And, and as we all know, there are troubled casinos in the world. Some of them are very simple problems, like it's a marketing issue or it's, uh, you know, it, it needs a facelift, whatever. Some of them are extremely complex problems, like the aforementioned uh, financial problems in, in Atlantic City and other places. I, I think that's a great idea. What, what was the spark that led you to that amazing idea? Did someone come to you and say, hey, you should put this on TV? Or did casinos come to you and say, look, we need some help and uh, we like publicity for it too? So how did that come about? How did this great idea come about? Weirdly, like most things in my life, it came about weirdly. Uh, the, the core of my, of my consulting practice for several years has been doing just that. Uh, I go in temporarily into troubled casinos. I flip them around and, uh, and move on to the next project, and, and I've done that for a while. Um, I was uh, working on a project raising money for a casino to do an expansion, and I had been, for about six weeks, I had been getting calls from a guy in Hollywood uh, that said that he wanted to invest in casinos. And, you know, my spider sense sort of tingled when, when, when someone in Hollywood calls and says, oh, yeah, I want to be in the casino business. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, right, you know. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get back. I'll have my girl call your girl or whatever they say out there. You'll, you'll do lunch. <laughs> right, we'll do lunch, exactly. But uh, I, I, was out in, I was out in L.A. For, for something else, and the guy calls. And so I said, oh, what the hell, okay, I'll have lunch with you. So I go meet the guy at the, where he told me for lunch, and uh, I go to a very exclusive high-end restaurant in, in Beverly Hills. And I ask for the guy, and they say, oh, he's at his private table. And I'm like, okay, this guy has a private <laughs> table. I'm impressed. Okay, it worked. So I go back, and the first words out of the guy's mouth were, I have no interest whatsoever in investing in a casino. I've been doing this because I wanted to meet you, and I wanted to represent you. Turns out the guy, whose name is Alan Morrell, is, is an Uber agent in Hollywood. He used to... 
He used to represent Sinatra. Oh, wow. He, uh, here, you talk about friends in, in high places. When the Pope, when Pope John Paul did his book tour in the United States, Alan represented the Pope. Wow. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you so something. Al- when you Alan, get in business with a guy who represents the Pope, you know you you got a winning idea. You know, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. So, the, so you know, the guy tells me who he is, and, and frankly, I didn't believe him. So I excused myself, went to the bathroom, whipped my cell phone out, called a friend of mine who's a well-known movie actor in Hollywood. I said, you ever heard of this cat named Alan Morrell? He said, oh, my God, yes. I said, well, I'm having lunch with him. He said, I know people that would cut off their arm to have lunch with Alan Morrell. Whatever he wants, do it. So I went back, and I sat down with Alan, and I said, okay, so, so why me? And he said that uh, somebody pitched an investment to him. Uh, he Googled me. He read about me. He did a little research. He said, I wasn't interested in the investment, but I'm interested in you. And he, uh, I said, okay, what, what would I do? He said, I want to represent you. I said, for what? What, what, what could you possibly represent me for? And he said, well, first of all, let's take your business model and let's turn it into a television show. And secondly, I think you should write a new book and let me go out and get it published for you. And I'm still skeptical. I said, okay, we'll give this a shot for six months, see what happens. Uh, less than 30 days later, he calls me and says, okay, I've got a deal for your new book. And I said, what new book? <laughs> he, said, uh, you need, he said, you need to write a book about your experiences in uh, Indian gaming. And uh, he sent me the contract. So, and an adva- a really nice advance for that book. So... Uh, Okay, I became a believer, signed a long-term deal with him, and he went out and pitched the TV show and sold the TV show. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more House of Cards. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show, poker questions, you just want us to know about great places to play, or you just got bluffed out of a pot, your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. Call the hotline or send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com. And don't forget to visit our website at houseofcardsradio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you can send to having your message played on the air. Hey, it's Dave from House of Cards. And you know this show keeps me busy traveling around the country. Do you hear all that noise behind me? That's a casino floor in Atlantic City. Even though I'm around all this excitement, I still need a good night's sleep. And that's why I bring my pillow everywhere. Now, don't get me wrong, the hotel rooms here are very comfortable, but some of their pillows aren't the best for my back and neck. That's why my pillow is a must for me when I travel. And now there's a great new deal being offered by the folks at my pillow. For a limited time, House of Cards listeners can receive a very special offer. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special tab, and use promo code CARDS or call 1-800-319-7913 to take advantage of this four-pack special. You'll get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows and two Go Anywhere pillows. MyPillow.com with promo code CARDS. That's promo code CARDS to take advantage of this four-pack special. Better sleep starts with MyPillow. Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors, the We Buy Ugly Houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg, but did you know that Homevestors is America's number one homebuyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs, and we close fast. Call today for your no-obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. If your house needs repairs, you're ready to downsize, 
Tired of renters and those rental property repairs? Retiring? Experiencing a job transfer? Inherited a property? Or just need to sell your house fast? Do what thousands of satisfied Homevestor customers have done. Call Homevestors today for a no-obligation consultation at 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. We'll close fast and pay cash. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. New Jersey's online gambling market is loaded with so many different sites and all kinds of promotions, it's enough to make your head spin like the reels on an old-time Atlantic City slot machine. So how do you make sense of all that information floating out there in cyberspace? Well, you don't have to. That's because the folks at NJOnlineGambling.com have done all of that for you. NJOnlineGambling.com is your complete resource for all the online sites in New Jersey. Which games have the biggest jackpots? NJOnlineGambling.com has the answer. Which sites use PayPal for deposits? NJOnlineGambling.com has the answer. NJOnlineGambling.com is the most trusted guide to the New Jersey online gambling market. Industry news, site reviews, the latest slots, table games, poker, they got it all in one spot. It's the ultimate resource for online players in New Jersey. They even got the best sign-up offers, better than some of the ones being offered by the online casinos themselves. Look, they say bet with your head. So why not do the same before you bet and check out NJOnlineGambling.com, the most trusted resource around for New Jersey's online gambling market. Many athletes dream of becoming a professional football player. For those young men that do get drafted into the NFL or affiliated leagues, life changes forever for them and their families. Repeated head trauma during their professional football career causes many retired NFL players to experience long-term neurological issues such as ALS, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, and dementia. Our attorneys at D. Miller & Associates are ready to help you immediately. Contact us today at 1-855-PRO-LAWYERS for your confidential discussion. Again, that's one 855 776 Bright Tech offers unique no-dust lighting products that fit right into your home, no construction required. Elevated designs should be available to everyone, not just the folks with the big bank accounts. Trick out your living room, create your perfect reading nook. Whatever the situation, Bright Tech has a lighting solution for you. And now get 5% off of your entire order when using our promo code RADIO5OFF at checkout. Head on over to brighttechshop.com and start designing the life you want. Bright Tech, your bright life realized. Hey, this is Dave Weishuttle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of February 25th, 2019. A class action lawsuit has been filed against Big Fish Games. In the complaint, it is alleged that the Seattle-based online company engaged in illegal gambling practices in which customers, in order to accumulate more chips to play on the site, had to wager their chips or purchase more. The complaint also alleges that Big Fish depends upon high-paying customers or whales, much like casinos. NetEnt has been granted a permanent iGaming license in the state of New Jersey. The company was granted a transactional waiver in 2015, which allowed it to operate in New Jersey, but the new gaming license created a permanent place in the New Jersey market. NetEnt's subsidiary currently works with a number of operators in the New Jersey market. And finally, if you want to hit a jackpot, you should probably head on over to the Venetian in Las Vegas. In the last two weeks, two players have hit jackpots. One winner won over $1 million while playing the Ultimate Texas Hold'em poker game. Another winner named Kevin Ripsky from Canada won over $1.1 million playing the Sands Millionaire Progressive game. Congratulations to both jackpot winners, and I think I'm booking a trip to the Venetian. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Something exciting is happening in New Jersey. People are cheering in Cherry Hill and cashing in chips, pumping fists in Fortley and flopping full houses. Get the thrill and play on your laptop, tablet, or mobile at BorgataPoker.com. Real money anywhere in New Jersey. The Borgata Hotel and Casino is a name you can trust so you can be sure that BorgataPoker.com is secure. And now with a $25 deposit, you can get a $20 bonus when you sign up for Borgata Poker at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. Remember, you must be at least 21 and physically present in New Jersey to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the House of Cards. You lose track of time in those casinos. There's no windows, there's no clocks, and you never walk away from the table when you're on a heater.
Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave White Shuttle with you here. We're talking with author, TV producer, folk singer, and all-around casino expert, Gary Green. How do you start evaluating a casino, I mean, for your TV show? Is it, uh, do you send people in to play and not tell them you're going in? Or how, how do you go through the evaluation process? I, I do the same thing for the show that I, that I do in my private practice, in my, in my private consulting business, and that is I literally go in undercover. I, I go in with jeans and a T-shirt and a baseball cap, and I go in and I play the games, I eat, I stay in the hotel if there is a hotel, uh, I become a pain-in-the-ass customer asking <laughs> questions. Uh, I, I do all the things that would, that would normally happen to, to a patron. And then I sit down with the ownership or management and say, okay, what do you perceive your problems are? And let's sort of match and see if your problems and my problems that I identified are the same issues. And, and let's go from there. So and in, in, in your view, what is the biggest mistake that most casino managers make when running their property? The, the, there are two mistakes that, that I see over and over. The first one is the the belief that build it and they will come. Okay, I have a casino. All I need to do now is is operate. All I need to do is you know make sure my my buffet is filled and and make sure the cocktail waitresses are are hitting the machines and hitting the tables. And that just doesn't work. I mean, it, maybe there was a time you know when 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 resorts was the only joint in Atlantic City. When the only places you could gamble legally in the United States were in Nevada or in in Jersey, then then maybe. But you know, every American now lives with in continental United States lives within 90 minutes of a casino, so that doesn't work anymore. It, at the end of the day, we all have the same slot machines, we have the same table games, basically we have the same holds and the same payouts. Um, we've got the same ugly carpet on the floor. We've got the same cocktail waitresses. Our, our industry is so incestuous that we have the same general managers and same senior management. So, so what the heck's the difference in one property and the other? What makes what makes a a player say this is my casino, this is my property? And and so, the, the biggest mistake is not to recognize everything I just said, and so operate in some kind of twilight zone that, that is not aware of that reality. The, and the, the second thing I run into is a behind the back of the house, behind the scenes issue, and that, that is the aforementioned finance issue. It's just the, the financial packages were put together by people who either front-loaded the deals so they could get a lot of money on the front end and get out of it like the Revel, or, uh, or, or they were just stupid in the first place, just bad deals that somebody was taking advantage of somebody. Have you ever gone into a casino and just said, you know what, I don't think this is going to be saved at all? Or is everything salvaged? <laughs> I mean, I've been into some casinos like, wow, how do these guys even stay in business? Have you ever ran into that kind of a business? I will not name the casino because oh, I don't want don't. to be sued. <laughs> no. But I will tell you that recently I went into a casino and I turned to my business partner and I said, um, this is a money laundering operation. This is not a profitable business. The, these these cats are not interested in making money. There's no way they can make money. And count the cars in the parking lot and look at what their revenue is. There's something really funky going on here. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a smart move. And that, and that show is called Casino Rescue. And I guess, I guess there will be an announcement when that can be seen and where, where uh, it, it, what time. It, Exactly. There'll be a there'll be a big announcement by the network, and they'll do all the publicity things, and Alan will publicize it everywhere, and we'll all be jumping up and down talking about it. And it should be on this fall. <laughs> oh, great! And now I want to change gears, and I hope to get all, to all your projects in the short amount of time we have with you. Now you have a book coming out called Osceola's Revenge: The Phenomena of Indian Gaming, and like I told you, I'm an attorney working in the gaming field, and I think it's a must-read. First off, who is Max Osceola, and what is the book about? The, the Max is a uh, tribal member of the Seminole Tribe of Florida, and uh, he is a direct line descendant of the great warrior chief Osceola, who uh, led the Seminole. You know, Seminoles is the only tribe that uh, never made peace with the United States. There's no <laughs> treaty. 
<laughs> and uh, the, the Osceola was captured, and he was uh, hauled off to prison to a, to a military prison and died in military prison. Max is his direct descendant. The book is about a question that, that people ask me constantly, and that is, how the heck did an Indian casino show up in my neighborhood? You, you, you know, the, I'll, I'll give you a great example. There's a little, there's a little town in Alabama, Wetumpka, Alabama. Population about, I don't know, less than a thousand. Let's call it a population of 900. They woke up one morning, and under construction was a casino with 3,000 slot machines in it, <laughs> and and now two hotel towers. How the heck did that happen? Especially in a state like Alabama, where gambling is is illegal. I mean, you know, when they had all those those gray area bingo hall casinos in there a few years ago, the state conducted raids and and practically closed the state down. Yet, yet there are three legal, operating huge, very nice casinos in that state. And and let me tell you, those properties. You go in those properties and. It visually and customer experience wise, they they rival uh, the Borgata. They oh, rival. Yeah, no, they're gorgeous. They're, they're, yeah. They they are absolutely beautiful properties. And uh, so so the question people are asking me is, how did this happen? Why is this happening? What's the deal? That's what the book's about. How did it happen? You know, I, I read the book, and it's a great analysis of the evolution of Indian gaming. And I was always interested in the relationship between the tribes and the federal government. And I'm dying to ask you this. Now, in your opinion, are they truly considered sovereign in the eyes of the federal government? Because that was kind of a, you know, they have a lot of rules to go by. Are they truly sovereign? No. They're, yeah. they, are con- they, are considered, they are considered ward nations. Uh, and, and, you know, not being a lawyer myself, when I, when I first stumbled across that term, ward nations, I was trying to figure out what the hell the, the U.S. government meant by that. What did, what did the Supreme Court mean by using that term? Because I was only familiar with the term uh, as uh, Dick Grayson was Bruce Wayne's ward. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. so, so, I mean, what, what do you mean it's a ward nation? It's a childlike nation. And, and that really is the position. Now, it, because that word sovereign it, has been thrown around in the gaming industry so many times when talking about Indian tribes, and it's, and it's not really sovereign. It, it's really not, but I'll tell you what is interesting. Uh, where, where we are with the courts today and, and with federal law today is that while, while criminal laws of the states apply uh, on an Indian reservation or on, on Indian trust land, the civil laws do not necessarily apply. So, for example, when I was operating Indian casinos, if I had a slip and fall in there, uh, the, unless I had signed away the rights in an agreement with the state, unless the tribe signed away the rights in an agreement with the state, the, the court that had jurisdiction in that slip and fall case was the tribal court. So, you know, which probably the judge was appointed by the chief of the tribe, who also is in charge of the casino. So, you know, didn't really worry about civil issues. Um, criminal issues, entirely different, different subject. <coughs> and while I say all of that about state law, federal law has always applied on, on federal reservations. You know, in, in your book, you brought up some uh, great, great points about some of the challenges that face businesses and banks that want to become involved in Indian gaming. Can you uh, lay out some of those that you described in the book? Yeah. First, first, I tell everyone that has an interest in investing in Indian gaming, the, the potential for profits are huge. Probably, probably return on investment, return on equity greater than you can get in, in commercial casinos for a number of reasons. However... The, the risk is insane. Uh, first of all, federal law prohibits uh, anyone from owning uh, an interest in property on the reservation, which means th- that you can't have a mortgage, which means that you can't attach anything for the loan, for, for the money that you put into it. Secondly, you can't have an equity position in an Indian casino. An Indian casino can only be owned by the tribe. It can't even be owned by individual Indians. It can only be owned by the tribe itself. It's a government enterprise. So you can't have equity in the business. Uh, you can't attach the real estate. You can't attach the, the furniture, fixtures, and equipment. Uh, what's the security for this money that you're putting up? 
there is even a, a court ruling that prohibits you from sharing the bank account and attaching the bank account. So it, it is a challenge from day one. Uh, what, what's the security interest that you have? You know why? Why would I want to put up a hundred million dollars to build this casino? And I'm just going to take your word for it that you, you'll pay me back if you like me. It certainly is. Now, in your book, you it said you became involved in indie gaming through your folk singing, raising money for Native American causes. What was the attitude of the federal government at that time toward the idea of Indian gaming? Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> you you, have, you gave some great examples. If uh, if Donald Trump is talking about wiretapping now, boy, you uh, there was nothing compared to what you described. Let, let me tell you, the largest single U.S. military involvement in the United States was not during the civil was none of the Civil War battles. It was the attack on Wounded Knee in 1973. <laughs> just unbelievable the military turnout in 1973 surrounding this isolated piece of this isolated church on uh, Ogala Sioux land up in Wounded Knee, South Dakota. Um, and, and that wasn't even over a gaming issue. It was over a, a sovereignty issue. It was over the sovereign rights of, of the tribe. Um, the, the issue of gaming was, was just it, it was just unheard of. I mean, it was just something that no one would even consider because, you know, if, if, if pushing for sovereignty brought out uh, the United States Air Force, which it did in, in South Dakota, then talking about gaming would have been insane. And, you know, why Max Osceola and Chief James Billy decided to move forward with bingo was either insane or revolutionary or a little bit of both. And I've said that to both of them. And, and they both agree, incidentally, that it was probably insane and revolutionary. What they did and, and where, where Indian casinos started, where it all came from, was in bingo. Um, in, in the state of Florida, the state of Florida had a law that allowed charities to operate bingo. And there were rules set for what the maximum prize could be, how many hours you could play, how many days a week you could play. And we'll be right back with more House of Cards right after this quick break. Hey, it's Dave from House of Cards. And you know this show keeps me busy traveling around the country. Do you hear all that noise behind me? That's a casino floor in Atlantic City. Even though I'm around all this excitement, I still need a good night's sleep. And that's why I bring my pillow everywhere. Now, don't get me wrong, the hotel rooms here are very comfortable, but some of their pillows aren't the best for my back and neck. That's why my pillow is a must for me when I travel. And now there's a great new deal being offered by the folks at my pillow. For a limited time, House of Cards listeners can receive a very special offer. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special tab, and use promo code CARDS or call 1-800-319-7913 to take advantage of this four-pack special. You'll get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. MyPillow.com with promo code CARDS. That's promo code CARDS to take advantage of this four-pack special. Better sleep starts with MyPillow. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, BABE16, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code BABE16. Again, that's BABE16. Because without it, no free stuff. That's BABE16 at adamandeve.com. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? 
you go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Written by the leading experts in the gambling industry, all you'll need is one visit to usbets.com, and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. Well, don't take it too hard. I've done a lot of stupid things in my life, too. Stupid? What do you mean, stupid? Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishadow with you here. We're talking with author, TV producer, folk singer, and all-around casino expert, Gary Green. Go ahead, Gary. I'm sorry, I cut you off yeah. there. Max Osceola and James Billy said, okay, we're a so- we're sovereign Indian land. We don't even have a treaty with the U.S. government. Let's open our own bingo hall. Let's keep it open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And instead of the $300 top prize that the state of Florida allows, let's have a $10,000 top, top prize. Well, the... The state of Florida immediately stepped in to, to close the place down, and uh, it, uh, you're an attorney, well-known case, Butterworth, uh, who was at that time, uh, Bob Butterworth was sheriff of Broward County, Fort Lauderdale, uh, went on to be the attorney general of the state of Florida eventually, but Butterworth versus Seminole Tribe of Florida, and uh, in in the rulings in federal court in, the, in that case, in, in the rulings, uh, the determination was that if it's a civil matter, then the state has no jurisdiction over the tribe. And since bingo was legal in the state, the regulation of bingo was purely civil. It was regulatory and not criminal. And so, therefore, the tribe could set their own regulations within the within the criminal confines, and there was no criminal uh, pro- prohibition against bingo. So, boom, the bingo business started. And once they did that, I mean, it, it just opened uh, the doors for for an evolution slash revolution. Hence, hence now there are almost 500 Indian casinos across the across the United States. Now, when you say bingo halls, a lot of people have a conception of bingo. You know, the sheet of paper with the numbers on it. But in your description of the books, it seems like they were more or less slot machines. In in those early days, when when Max and and James started in, the, in those early days, and and when my partner uh, Buddy Levy was investing in those early days, that was paper bingo. That was that was blue haired bingo, as I call it. <laughs> that, that that was that was that was paper bingo and daubers and, and the whole world. But you know, all of this was before the technology revolution. It was before client server computing. Um, when the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act was was passed in in '86, took effect in '88, um, client server computing didn't really exist yet. And so, what what happened subsequent to that? There's a provision of the of the federal law of the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act that says that that tribes can play what the act calls Class Two games. And that is bingo and electronic aids to bingo. So some of these smart computer guys put their heads together and they said, okay, an electronic aid to bingo. What if, what if the ball draw in bingo, the blower and the balls, what if that was virtual? What if that was on a computer chip or in a piece of software? And what if your bingo card was also virtual? And what if the act of dobbing, of covering the numbers, was also virtual? And once you do that, it triggers an aid to help you see that you won. And that aid is a movie. And let's say that the movie that plays is uh, is Three Cherries. 
spinning on reels like a slot machine. And three cherries is an electronic aid that represents a diagonal bingo on your invisible virtual bingo card, which was drawn by invisible virtual bingo numbers. Believe it or not, that scheme I just described to you went all the way through the federal court system and was deemed, eh, yep, you got it. That's an electronic aid to bingo. <laughs> so, so I can take you into a class two casino in Indian country and sit you down in front of a, uh, let's pick a slot machine, a wheel of fortune class two slot machine. And it looks to you as the player exactly like the Wheel of Fortune machine that you're playing on the boardwalk or at the marina in, in Atlantic City or in Vegas on the Strip. It plays the same way. It looks the same way. It makes the same sounds. It does. It pays out sometimes a little bit better. And for all the world, for the player, you just played a Wheel of Fortune slot machine. But if you look at it closely, up in the upper left-hand corner of that machine, there's a tiny little bingo card up there or, or a representation of a bingo card because you're playing electronic bingo. Unbelievable. Gary, we only have a minute left. Do you have a website where people can go to keep up to date with your projects like Casino Rescue and Osceola's Revenge, the phenomena of Indian gaming? The, there are two sites. We have GaryGreenGaming.com, and then just about me is GaryGreen.com. Okay, Gary, thanks a lot. It's always a pleasure to have you back on the show. we got to get you back on really soon. Well, Gary Green was so interesting, and I kept talking and talking that we don't have time for a mailbag this week, so uh, I guess you're going to have to get your questions answered next week. So from all of us at House of Cards, see ya. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.